Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2. We're reading the 8th and ninth verse. This is our foundational scripture we've been reading. Amen. During this series, if this is your first Sunday here, we've been in the middle of a series called Agents of Grace. The Agents of Grace message series. And the Agents of Grace message series is talking about who we are here at the Gathering Church. We have declared that the Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. And that word grace has become our acronym. Amen. Week one, we spoke about grow. Amen. That God has created us to become like Christ. Last week, we spoke about reach, amen, that we were created for a mission, amen. We were created to share our faith with others, amen. And this week, amen, we're going to go into our next word, amen. Let's go, amen. Let's go, amen, and read the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, I'm reading from the New International Version. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'll read that last verse. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Shall we bow our heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And as we posture our hearts to receive the word of, of God this morning, God, we ask that you would even now prepare our hearts, God, to receive. God, remove every distraction every thought everything that would try to pop up right now and block the word of God from going forth with signs of wonders following father I ask right now that you would anoint these lips of clay let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer father I pray that we will not leave this place the same way we came but we will leave transformed in the presence of a holy God. Father, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope this morning when you walked in, you felt the warm and welcome love here at the Gathering Church. We strive to make this church a family, a warm church, amen? That no matter how big we get, amen, we will always be family. And here at the Gathering Church, we strive that this would truly be a place of grace, amen, where people can truly experience that life that Christ promises us. Today, we're going to speak about the word, and maybe some of you saw the word when you came in to the sanctuary this morning out in the atrium, and that's the word adore. Everybody say adore. 
Amen. So we have the G for grow. We have the R for reach. And now today we have the A for adore. Amen. The word adore means to love and respect deeply. It means to worship or venerate. It means to give something the highest regard and the highest attention. When we speak about adoration, we speak about worship. That's why I purposely took time for us to worship this morning. Amen. Sometimes we just need to worship. Sometimes you don't need a word. Sometimes you just need to worship. Sometimes, you know, the word, you know, we get. But worship is about giving to God. Amen. And so sometimes you need to just take time to worship. You don't need no one to lay hands on you. You don't need all slapped on your head. You don't need a prophetic word. You just need to lift your hands in surrenderance and just worship. And so we're going to speak about what worship truly is this morning. In the book of Revelation chapter 4 number 11, the scripture says, thou art worthy, this is the King James Version, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Thou hast created all things, all things includes me and you, amen. For thy pleasure they are and were created. So here we have a snap shot in the book of revelations that God has created us for his pleasure. Amen. You want to know what is your, what, what is my primary? You are created for God's pleasure. You are created for his pleasure. You were created because he, he, he wanted to have a relationship with you. You were created for his pleasure. That's why we worship the Lord because we belong to him. An agent of grace is a worshiper. It's one who gives adoration to Christ. You were created for worship. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you were created for worship. Uh-huh. You were created for worship. That's Bible. You were created for worship. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 38 says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. We have a commandment in the scripture to give God our very best. The book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1 in the NIV says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, offer your whole being. Yes. Yes, your physical man. Yes, your, your spiritual man. Yes, the whole essence of who you are as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. One verse said, this is your reasonable act of worship. When we worship God, we are giving to God what belongs to him. Worship is our response to God's love. Someone said, why do we worship? We worship because he first loved us. We worship because the Bible says our, filth, our righteousness was as filthy rags. Amen. Dirty rags. Amen. I know we say dirty rags, but that's the clean version. But he really meant something foul and nasty. Read the scripture. You understand what he means by filthy rags. Amen. But we are filthy rags. We are dirty. We were born sinners. We were born deserving hell. We were born in rebellion to God. Yes, you cute little baby, you. Yes, you had those cute little chinky eyes and chubby cheeks, but you were a sinner. Batting their eyes and cute and saying no at the age of one. Mommy says, don't touch that. No. 
Already rebellion. Already your cute little self. Cursing. Oh, that's so cute. She said a little curse. Look at her. Oh, that's not cute. That thing is a seed right now, but I think will become a tree by the time she's a he or she's a teenager. And then you'll be, why she cursing me out? Because you thought it was cute at one and two. See, I grew up from old school. You spare the rod, you spoil the child. You know what I'm saying? See, these kids today, adults are talking. They just butt right in. La, 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 la. I couldn't do that. When adults were talking, I had to say, excuse me. Uh-huh. I grew up saying, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Come on. I, when someone greeted you, I spoke. I, I, didn't, I didn't have an option. I ain't talking to you today. It wasn't like that. See, these, see, these youth today are, are just different. See, I grew up in a culture that taught you about honor and respect. And we were told to respect, amen, adults, respect, amen, our parents. Worship is my response to God's love. Worship is giving back to God what he gave to me. He gave me love, so now I love on him. He gave me joy, but now he's the center of my joy. I give back to him what he's given to me. Let's go back to the scripture we just read, and I'm going to read this version from the book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 30. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. This is our key scripture today. And if you, if, you, if you don't remember anything, I need you to remember this one right here, this very scripture. This gives you the essence of what a worshiper is. This give you the key to what a worshiper is. What is God, what is Jesus saying in this scripture in the book of Mark chapter 12? He's saying, worship the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul. He wants you to worship God passionately with all your heart and with all your soul. Some people say, well, pastor, you know, I don't really, you know, how to, you know, worship. I don't do the way you do work. I can't teach you how to worship. I can teach you how to praise because the Bible says, let everything that hath breath, saved, unsaved, trees, birds, everybody can praise the Lord. But worship is something intimate. Worship is something that comes from the heart. See, when them tears come down your face and you begin to think about how God brought you through and how he gave you peace and how he answered your prayer, that's worship. When your hands begin to go up and you begin to sing and you begin to, to, to tell God of his wondrous works, that's worship. No one can train you to do that. It's something that erupts on the inside of you. It, 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 it's a deep gratitude. It's adoration that comes forth to our creator. So God wants us to love him, love him passionately. And then it says with all of your mind. God wants us to worship him thoughtfully. Someone say use your mind. Yeah, you know, your mind's supposed to go blank and worship. You're supposed to begin to think. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. Uh -huh. When I recall what he's done for me. When I look back over my life and I think things over. Come on, you have to use your mind in worship, amen? We begin to worship, you need to think how he provided for you this week. You need to think how he protected you this week. You need to use your mind when you, what you need to be thoughtful in your worship. And then it says, um, 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 worship your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. It says with all your strength. And so the scripture there says God wants us to worship him practically. 
There should be a practical worship. That means that there, there are practical things that you can do to show God worship and to show God honor. So what is worship, Pastor? How do I adore Christ? How do I worship him? I want to give you three foundational keys for true worship. Three foundational keys for true worship, and I'll be out your way this morning. Amen? Y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Y'all can talk back to me. Amen. The first thing, worship is focusing my attention on God. I'll say that again. Because we miss it right there. We try to have prayer with the TV on. Try to have prayer while we scrolling down our Facebook timeline. Try to have prayer where we're reading something else and preoccupied with kids and everything all around. Worship is focusing my attention on God. Some of us have spiritual ADD. We cannot focus our attention on God. We try to pray and every thought imaginable begins to go through our head. We try to pray and then we get an alert, a notification on our phone. And the next day we were reading the scripture, the Bible app. But now we're looking at our text messages and our email because something else came up. We, we, we are in a society where there's so many distractions around. But true worship is focusing our attention on God. Psalms 139 verse 1 through 3 says, You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, and you know all about me. You know where I am resting and when I am working. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. God gives us his fullest attention. He wants our attention. Romans 8, 7 says, focusing on yourself is opposite of focusing on God. I'll say that again. Focusing on yourself. That I'm going to do me mentality. God says, you know, I'm going to do what I got to do. When you focus on yourself, you're worshiping yourself. The thing that's in your focus, that's in your scope, that's in your view, that's the thing that's, that you're giving your attention to. That's the thing that you're worshiping. It's quiet in here. Maybe your boo-boo is your idol. Maybe your job is your idol. Oh, someone got free, praise the Lord. The tree got slain. Everything had breath. Praise him. The tree done fell out, y'all. Get a cloth and drop over that thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Slain. <laughs> your job can be your distraction. Sometimes your children can become your distraction. You could get so caught up in so many different things, your friendships, that that's the very thing that you're worshiping. You know, when we read the Bible, talks about that you have no other idols, no other gods before me. We say, well, Lord, I ain't worshiping no other gods. It's not like I'm lighting candles and, and doing witch chants and all these different type of things. But we have what I call modern day idols. Your cell phone can be your idol. Your social media can be your idol. These are the things that you focus your attention that are in the scope of your view and you give your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body to these things. That's what you're worshiping. Worship is focusing my attention on God. 
Focusing on yourself is opposite of focusing on God. This is Romans 8, 7, the Message Bible. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God <laughs> and ends up thinking more about self than God. We need to bring our attention back to Christ. Romans 12, 2 says, don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. We live in a culture today where everything is anti-Christ. Anti-Christ is not a, just a person, it is a spirit. The Bible talks about the spirit of the Antichrist has already entered the world. That means things that are Antichrist in our culture, in politics, and everything around us. Everything is, even in your clothing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come after it this morning. Come on now. Even in your clothing. Even in things you wear. Even in things you drive. Come on. Certain things would just become a distraction. You begin to worship it. Ooh, pretty nice. Ooh, wow, look at what I got. Ooh, look at me. Focus on me. Ain't nothing wrong with looking good. But we got to spend an extra hour in the mirror where you could be done in 15 minutes. There's something a little off about that. If one hair is out, you keep going back to curl. Honey, oh, let, me get it, let me just lay it down. Let me, just, let me get some gel. Let me just, let me just, let me just, there's something, something wrong. Put the sister, put a wig on, put a, put a wig on with a lace front, right? I, I just learned about that lace front thing. Amen. It looks like real, you know, that, that real thing. Amen. 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 I won't tell it all. I won't tell it all. I'll, I'll keep some of your secrets. But if you're focusing on all that stuff and it's taking hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, it could be, that can be the thing you're worshiping. It could, it could be. It could be. We can't allow the culture to tell us how to worship. And that's what's happening. That's why the church is so quiet now. We need to be bold. Everybody is coming out the closet but the church. The church needs to come out the prayer closet and do something. It starts on our knees, but it ends with us getting up and do something. Faith without works is dead. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 6, it says, find a quiet place, a quiet, secluded place, so you won't be tempted to role play before God. <laughs> wow. I'm done. Let's just send a benediction and go home. Wow. This is the message Bible. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. You won't be tempted to act like everything's okay because everybody's around you looking so you can't really expose who you are. True worship is exposing your heart. It's exposing your brokenness. It's exposing your temptations. It's exposing your shame. It's exposing your sin. It's exposing who you really are. That's why worship is so intimate. You thought the physical intimacy was intimate. No, 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 no. Worship. It's intimate. Worship goes down into your belly and goes down into the depths and the crevices of your spirit and exposes what's on the inside of you. And the reason some of us don't worship is because we're scared of what's inside of us. We don't want the covers to pull off of us. 
But the thing is, if there's something going on inside of you, worship is the best way to get your healing. That's why I say you don't need a word. You just need to worship the Lord. Pastor, I have these issues. Why don't you just worship? Why don't you just open yourself up? See, worship is, is, is like stripping bare before God. Your heart and your soul. It's not, you know, when we come to church and worship and we're looking around. That ain't worship. You ain't worshiping. You spectating. You ain't participating. <laughs> worship is, I ain't got, I got, I ain't thinking about you. I ain't thinking about you. You got no heaven, no hell to put me in. I'm here because this is a hospital and I'm sick and I need some healing day. I'm lifting my hands. I'm going to worship the Lord today. That's what worship is. Worship is exposing yourself before God and getting what God has for Psalms 105 verse 4 says, worship him continually. See, this type of worship, see, see and the problem is some of us don't worship in church because we don't worship at home. <laughs> you can do something that, you, that, that, that you're not accustomed to. <laughs> if this worship team and this band don't rehearse other than Sundays, they would not sound the way they sound. Practice makes uh-huh. When you worship, which is practicing, you know that, right? We're just practicing we get to glory. Amen. That we can really worship him in a greater dimension. This is just rehearsal time. Come on now. We, we, we are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But if you don't worship at home, that's why sometimes it's a struggle for us to worship in the house of God. Because you're like, uh, 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 I don't know. Do you even know any worship songs? <laughs> oh, it's quiet in here. Lord have mercy. Woo, Lord, do you even worship at home? Or are you busy watching Oprah? Are you watching other people how to fix your life? Well, Jesus could fix your life if you just worship. Lord, I lost the church this morning. Let me move on. Woo, God, it's quiet in here. Jesus. Isaiah 26.3 said, He will keep you in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on me. In other words, who is focused on me. Worship is focusing my attention on God. Can I have your attention, please? That's what God is asking for this morning. Can I have your attention? I know, I know you're so busy. I know you got your job, but you forgot I provided that job for you. You didn't even tell me thank you for the job. You act like your resume got you that job. There were 200 people that were more fit for you than the position. But I moved upon the interviewer's heart to offer you the job. But you forgot about me. I gave you financial increase. And you won't even tithe and give me 10% back. Come on, can I have your attention, please? I healed your body when the doctors couldn't even give you a cure. They didn't even know what was going on with you. But yet I came through for you and I proved myself to you. Can I have your attention? Please. God is asking for your attention this morning. Can you put the focus off of yourself and off of all these little things around you and put the focus back on the one who gave it to you in the first place? Can I have your attention? 
please. Because you forgot me. You forgot me. You take me for granted. You don't even say thank you when I wake you up in the morning. You go and do out your day. You don't even read a scripture. You don't even read my word. My love letter to you. But you want me to bless you every time something go wrong. You want my attention, but you won't give me yours. Can I have your attention? Worship is focusing our attention on God. That's who we have to give it to. Number two, worship is expressing my affection towards God. My affection towards God. First John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. I mean, God was so, 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 so blank about the type of worship he wanted in the book of Hosea. Chapter 6, verse 6. He says, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want that. He said, I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. It's easy to give God just the things out of duty. Some of my marriages are like that. We do everything out of duty. Uh-huh. I pay the bills. I do this. Your birthday. I buy you flowers. You're on automatic. But there is no intimacy. Intimacy is into me see. Can you see in me? That's intimacy. You got to come off an autopilot. And you have to begin to express yourself. I'm helping a married person today. Come on now. You got to open up your heart. You can't be so callous. If your wife is telling you how she feels, listen to her. She's pouring out her affection to you. Oh my God, who in business am I in this morning? Help me, Jesus. But it's the same thing with God. He doesn't just want to come to church and just sing a few songs and hear a good word and say, oh, that was great. Let's come and do it again next Sunday. Woohoo! Let's rewind and do it every Sunday. Yes, let's just do every Sunday. No! Life will be a bore if that's the thing. He wants to know you. You were created for his pleasure. He wants to have a relationship with you. You know what? I wake up in the morning. You know what I say? I say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. He's my friend. That's right. He's my friend. He's not some, 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 some object creature, some spiritual being that's high in the sky somewhere. The Bible says he lives inside of my heart. He feels what I feel when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, when I'm going through, when I'm tempted. He feels it. He's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what we're going through. Worship is expressing my affection to God. Exodus 33, 14 says he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you. We serve a passionate God. Romans 6, 13 says give yourself completely to God since you have been given a new life. So we take this new life for granted. God saves us. He heals us. He delivers us. And then we forget about him. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. An 
attitude of, of, of worship, of expressing yourself to God. Expressing who you really are to Him. And then my last point I'll leave with you today is worship, watch this, is using my abilities for God. Worship is using my abilities for God. So wait a minute, Pastor, I thought Sunday was the worship experience. I, I thought we were in a worship service. I, I thought that was what worship was all about. It's about singing and, and lifting our hands and, and praising. That's one dimension of worship. But worship is a lifestyle. That's why it's important you live for Christ 24-7. It's not being what I call an SMO or Sunday morning only Christian. Because you're not really a Christian. You are what we call a carnal Christian. Worship is using my abilities for God. The Bible says in Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though as you were working for the Lord and not for people. So let, let, let's, let's, let's make that practical. So when you late in the morning on the work, oh, it's quiet right now. I'm coming against something right now in the spirit. You're not disrespecting your boss. You're disrespecting because if I work, I'm supposed to, let's go back to the Bible. It got quiet in here. I, was I speaking in tongues just now? Let me, let me try it in English. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That means even your job. Whatever you do, work it with all your heart. As though you were working for the Lord and not for. That's Bible. That's Bible. So when you go to work tomorrow and you're on time, you ain't doing it for the boss. They got a stink at you anyway. They don't like you. They jealous of you anyway because you can run circles around them anyhow. Don't, 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 don't pay them no mind. You're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it because you want to be an example of a believer. You're doing it because when they try to find something against you, they cannot find nothing against you. Just like they did with Daniel. They tried to set Daniel up. They tried to get Daniel in a pit because they could not touch Daniel. Daniel enemies got put in the pit. And even when Daniel was in the pit, the lions couldn't even eat him up because he was righteous. Because what he did, he did not for man. He did it for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Well, Pastor, I don't like my job, but who gave you the job? Weren't you just crying on this altar six months ago? Didn't you just put your resume on this altar? Now the job that was a blessing is now cursed to you? Maybe you need to change your mindset, baby. Maybe you're thinking things out of perspective. Maybe you're being ungrateful right now when we're in an age where recession is all around you. And God is providing for you. Bunch of ungrateful people we are at times. And we forget what God has done. 
I'm not saying that God, you shouldn't want more, but be grateful for what you have. There's somebody in the worst predicament that you are. There's someone who just lost their house yesterday. There's someone who just lost their mind yesterday because they were so overwhelmed by the problems of this life, but yet you're still in your right mind. Yet you didn't have a stroke, you didn't have a heart attack, and you eat it and do everything you want to do, and the doctor says, stop doing that stuff, and you still do that stuff, and you still get by. Who you think helping you? Don't get it twisted. We get stuff twisted. The word twisted is the word, it's this very word wicked in the Bible. When you see the word wicked in the New Testament, the Old Testament, that's the word twisted. That means you have a twisted, bent understanding that's not locked up and founded on God's truth. It's founded on self. It's founded on a lie. And you have believed the lie as truth. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Why don't you put your heart back in what you do again? Well, Pastor, I lost my, 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 my passion. Ask God to give it back to you. And if it's time for you to move on to something else, ask God to prepare you for your next transition, for your next move. When he says don't get comfortable, he, he, he didn't mean get sloppy. See, when you want to move, you get sloppy because you don't care anymore. That's, you should even work even harder. That when you say you're going to leave, they're like, please don't leave. Please don't. Here's an extra 10 grand. Please don't leave. Here's a bone. Whatever you want me to do, please don't leave. You need to leave with them begging you to stay and not them saying good riddance. She was awful anyway. Worship is using my life. My life is worship to God. It's using my abilities. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1 again, and I like the message Bible, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, this is the Bible now, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Use your abilities for God. That's what worship is. Second Corinthians 5, 9 says, so we make it our goal. To please him. Is it your goal to please the Lord? And I'm closing. Is it your goal to please the Lord? But Pastor, I'm stuck in a dead-end job. I'm in a dead-end relationship. You know, sometimes we have the nerve to blame God for our own mistakes. And we don't take responsibility for our choices. God is a God of grace. And yes, he's a God of mercy. So even when we do make bad choices, his mercy is there to help us. Sometimes we have to live with the consequences of our falling, of our sin. David, the one who worshipped God with all of his heart. Come on now. There was Saul, but he don't talk about Saul. He's talking about David. I said, Lord, but Saul was the first king. How come not? The first? Come on. No, no, no. He said something about David. He was a God chaser. But David had a little lust problem. He was too passionate. He should have gave that passion to God. 
Y'all laugh because that's some of y'all. He made some poor choices. So another man's wife got her pregnant. Got her husband killed on the front lines of battle. But you know what happened? God forgave him. That's when Psalms 51 comes in. Created me a clean heart, oh God. Read that whole song. That's David's prayer of repentance for what he did. And David was sick. He even tried to cover it up until the prophet exposed him. <laughs> what worship does. So with his sin, that will be exposed too. God did not want to lose a worshiper. So he sent his mouthpiece, a prophet, to say, I, I, wa I want a relationship with you so much that I'm going to send my prophet so you can repent and so we can be back in right sitting with each other. That's how much God loves us. That's why he sent Jesus. So we could be in right relationship with him. Because he loved us that much. But from that day, the Bible says the sword was loosed in David's house. The siblings, his children, never got along from that day forward. They fought for the throne. Some terrible things happened. But here was David the worshiper. Yes, he was. And sometimes we blame God for our troubles. Well, you should blame yourself for your choices. But because God is so rich in mercy... And see, what God loves, he loves a worshiper. Let me tell you something. There was instances in the gospel where people want to be healed. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm not here for y'all. I'm here for Israel. I'm not here for y'all. But they begin to worship. And he said, no, stop that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, no, I'm not, I'm not here for that. No, don't. And what happens? Worship attracts the presence and the power of God. And the very thing he relented himself that he could not do, he brought forth healing. He brought forth deliverance. So whatever state you find yourself in today, God is just looking for someone to worship him. I know your current situation might look horrible right now. But I don't know if you just begin to worship him in spite of your issues. Just maybe, just maybe you will begin to attract his presence right in this room right now. And, and just maybe his power will begin to be made manifest right now in your heart. And just maybe who just begin to move in your circumstance and in your situation that before you even exit this church today, things are already turned around in your favor. God is looking for worshipers. For the Father seeks for worshipers. Those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So I, 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 I come in the name of the Lord this morning. I'm saying, where are God's worshipers? Are they here? Are they sitting in the pews this morning? He already said, man, I have your attention, please. I wish someone would just begin to worship him right there in your seats.
this morning. I wish someone would just begin to lift your hands. I can't teach you how to worship. Come on now, you, 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 you have to use your heart and, and, and your soul, huh? Uh-huh. You have to begin to use your mind and think about what he did for you and how he brought you out. How he gonna let you drown in that circumstance, in that situation, but he made a way for you. You need to begin to worship him with passion uh, this morning and pour your heart before God. You need to begin to worship him practically and begin to move your body and begin to say, Lord, I give you all of myself. 